This is Debbie Rashong, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Station. Well, I'll wait till you get your glasses. Oh, I'm good. All right. <laughs> I can see you. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm joined by the fine folks here of Nemesis, which is playing Shriek Fest. We have Tim Earnhardt. Good to see you. And nice Joe here. Downing. Hello. Hello. So, first of all, had you guys worked together before? Briefly. Briefly. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what, five movies now, <laughs> five shorts. Wait, what year was that? That was like before this whole pandemic thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is weird because everything like pre-pandemic in some ways seems not that long ago, but a lot of it seems like it's like five or six years ago, even though it's like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I'll see things pop up, you know, on Facebook memories or something, and it's like, oh, I was actually at a festival, you know. Right at home, and then we look at it and we post a picture, and we're like, "Was that two years ago? That was yeah. two years ago." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, uh, Nemesis, what what was uh, the impetus to uh, Nemesis? Where did the idea come from? Um, well, uh, you know, I kind of tell everybody it was a few months after Joe and I did our last short film, Ricochet, and I wasn't planning to do another movie. Um, but just kind of about a conversation, it kind of came up that, you know, what would rich people do like wealthy people like the Bill Gates and the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Jeff Bezos? What You have all the money in the world. What would you do if you wanted to get revenge 
on another rich person? What, what kind of links would you go um, to do that? And is there some place in this world that us, you know, normal people that don't have that kind of wealth, uh, is there some place that they can go to basically make their sadistic fantasies come true? You know, and, and so that's kind of how it started. And um, yeah, and I got kind of excited about the idea. And um, yeah, I just started writing it and sent it over to Joe to have a read and our cinematographer, Matt. And, you know, we, we just kind of got all on board with it. And I watch Ricochet, too. Would you say the two movies are connected? Because I think it's like the same mask and it feels like it could be the same world. Yeah, well, it's so funny. When I make each movie, I'm not thinking about the previous one because you can't count on people seeing the previous one. But I was like, well, you know, what if we can kind of start to interconnect these short films with this theme, this kind of time travel thing? Maybe this place called The Institute is, uh, you know, they got lots of things going on there that we don't know about. So um, it could be anything. So it was kind of connected, but not also, you know, there, you know, I wanted to make independent movies uh, of each other. I didn't want a sequel or a prequel or anything like that, but yeah, definitely this could live in the same universe as yeah. Nemesis. Well, that works that way. Cause like you said, you can't uh, guarantee that they've seen your other stuff. So it doesn't take away if you have it. And if you have, it's kind of cool. Like, Oh, I can see the connection. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Joey said you you guys have worked together in like five shorts. How did it all come about? How did you meet Tim? Oh man, I met him on um, working with uh, an actress uh, Nadine. I don't remember her last name, but she reached out to me and they were looking for some background players. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And that was on working with Damien when Tim Tim was making a, a short called Working with Damien, and. I didn't I, first time I ever met him, you know, and, you know, as an actor, you're eager to do whatever the director wants you to do. And if he says jump, you say, okay, how many times and how high? And that's kind of, we just hit it off. You know, there was no, no ego involved. There was no, um, any kind of past history of anything. So after that, he was like, Hey, you know, if I work on anything in the future, can I reach out to you? I'm like, absolutely. That's awesome. And that just kind of, that was the beginning. Uh, your movies have a lot of effects in, and, uh, you know, it's kind of ambitious for, you know, independent short. Uh, uh, what's your background in, you know, making these cool uh, suits and things? Oh, God. Um, well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm a designer. Joe and I are both designers in our day job. And so, um, you know, one thing, you know, it was interesting. The, the next short that we worked on, Joe and I worked on called Conduit. Um, I wanted to do a SWAT team movie. And so putting together like the costumes, like it's funny when you watch movies or TV shows with SWAT team costumes, you can tell where the costume department went really cheap or they did a good job. And it's all in the details when it comes to these, like, you know, do you just have a helmet or do you have goggles up on the helmet? You know, you may never use the goggles, but it looks more authentic elbow pads, knee pads, gloves, um, the kind of shirt they're wearing, the kind of pants they're wearing, the boots are wearing, like the vests that they're wearing, like all those little details come into fruition when you're creating a costume, even for the gunman in Nemesis or in Ricochet. Um, 
But I'm telling you, those are like the cheapest costumes to put together because I buy everything on Amazon. And and all the guns I buy on Amazon, too. They're not real guns. They're airsoft guns. But, um, you know, my biggest thing with each movie is I've wanted to do bigger and bigger guns in every movie. <laughs> so, you know, in Nemesis, we have uh, the minigun um, that I was just like, we've got to have a minigun in this. It's just like the biggest gun I can find <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'll look cool on film, you know. I mean, they're not cheap to get. The guns aren't cheap to get because I don't do anything with them afterwards. So, um, you know, I think that minigun costs like 800, 900 bucks or something like that. But, um, but yeah, like, like the costumes and all, all the little details in the costumes, I feel like make a huge difference um, on whether the audience is going to believe things are happening with these characters or not. You don't want them to be distracted by the costumes. You, you want them to just believe that the actor in the costume is that person or that thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a, you know, combination of uh, practical effects and then you have uh, digital effects in there. Uh, both, both those things you have a background in? No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> it does now. <laughs> I yeah. do now. Um, I mean, Nemesis is a, is, is an example. It is blending practical and, and visual effects. Um, it's, it's interesting. I thought Nemesis was going to have about 50 visual effect shots. And as I was going through the edit and the sound mix, I decided to put more in and it ended up being about 150 visual effect shots in it. Um, and it's just time consuming. I mean, my cinematographer has a background in visual effects. He's worked on like Spider-Man, a Terminator movie and stuff like that. So he has so helped me out like when I have questions and stuff um, when it comes to the visual effects, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. You just kind of have to plan for it ahead of time. Um, you know, how are you going to shoot somebody getting blown apart? Um, it sounds really easy, but to make it look kind of real and it, it just, you just have to plan for it all. Yeah. And now the sounds also add a lot because sometimes I think that's overlooked uh there'll be cool looking things but they won't have the sounds out there but you have like a cool sound effects for even the movements which you know adds a, a lot to it i think well it's interesting i what i do before every movie i put together a sound mix and so it has some like music i'm gonna use i'm gonna license it, ha it has sound effects so like if joe is in this big costume and he's walking i have an idea in my head when we're shooting what it's going to sound like and what it is I want him to do. And, um, and I'll listen to this sound mix over and over again, because it'll also give me the tone, like how fast is this scene supposed to go? How slow is this scene supposed to go? It'll, it just gives me some guardrails when, when we're kind of shooting, it's kind of overkill in a way, but, <laughs> but it helps. It, re it really yeah. helps us, especially, um, we shoot at such a breakneck pace, um, it, it's just really helpful. So how about that, Joe, when you are wearing a big suit? Uh, what is that experience like? Oh, it's fun. It, I mean, you always hear it. It's pretty cliche. Once you put on a costume, it really does help you get into that character. So it definitely, uh, you just get immersed into it. And, you know, it wasn't, it was, some of it was uh, around the, the um, shins, around the feet and stuff. It actually helped you walk like the actual 
monster it was supposed to be. Um, other than that, though, it was comfortable. The mask was fine. I'm not claustrophobic, so that didn't bother me. Um, the hearing was echoey. That's one thing. So I put in earplugs because if I spoke, it would just echo inside the mask, and then I couldn't hear anyone else outside. So with earplugs helped a lot, but it was the whole outfit was kind of, it just cracks me up the way Tim pieces his outfits together because you're like, really? And then when you see it done, you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like, so Tim already has this vision. He knows what it's going to look like. And I'm like, okay, here's my size. Let's suit up. And that it works. Is it hard well, to find the fit? I'm oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to yeah. say in, in the poster behind Joe, I always like to point this out, but below the waist, those are bicycle shorts or the <laughs> motorcycle shorts. It was the last thing I got before we, sh- we shot it because I needed it to have like more edges on his, on his body. Look a little bit more like Robocop ish. Right. So, I mean, they just add that little something to it, you know, I thought it's a real poster too. I thought it was, but sometimes people, you know, do the, uh, the, the uh, color keying on, on, on zoom and it doesn't look very good. But I was like, man, you're either real poster. Or it's, it's a very crisp color key. Yeah, you know, <laughs> We're doing this all in after effects. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said both of you have uh, are um, designers by, by trade. So do you have any input on, on the designs and the and nemesis Drew? I think Tim asked for my opinion, but He's the ultimate decision maker. He's the one that comes up with everything. He's got the creative mind to go, I think this would look really cool. And then he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I go, are you sure about that? And he goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> my, my big thing with Joe when it came to the costume was um, – could you wield uh, a, a chainsaw while in that costume? You know, um, that that was, yeah, just a chainsaw, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Joe, Joe, you should tell him what happened, like, right <laughs> when I got the costume. <laughs> and, this was, this was what, uh, November of 18? No, 19? 19, 19 yeah. November of 19, I... Uh, foolishly broke my hand, my right hand, which is what the chainsaw would go into. And um, I said, Tim, I broke my hand. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. So we're thinking of workarounds. And I was like, well, I could get the cast cut off, you know, and I had, I had pins sticking out of my palm. I think it was the pinky bone or something in there was all messed up. So um, we went to the fitting and I had a cast on, but we, we got everything on and kind of figured it out. And then I said, I think I'll be able to have the cast off when we film. I don't know if I'll, you know, have the articulation or anything like that. And thankfully, Yuba helped me out, too, with with getting that uh, saw in. But it was pretty much I, my grip. You know, I had the cast on for like six months, I think. And my my grip was um, pretty weak. I couldn't really six pull weeks. it. Six weeks, I think. Oh, was it six it. weeks? Six months? Yeah. You know, it's a blur. I know it was a six something. <laughs> so, but we got it so that we had some foam and I didn't really have to, I just wedged my hand in there. I wouldn't have to grip it. And I think there was just one button to get the saw moving. And then that was it. And so 
everything worked out in the end and my hand was fine. There was no pain or um, I don't have to sue Tim for anything. So that's great. That's always a plus. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those unfortunate events. And you're just like, Oh man, what are we going to do? How are we going to work this? And it just, it just, it did work out. You know, I went and saw the doctor. I said, okay, this is what's happening. I'm going to need to use this hand. Can we get this off? Will it be healed by then? He's like, Oh yeah, it should be okay. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's a weird conversation that you go to your doctor and I've got to wield a chainsaw one. Didn't really tell him a whole lot about that. (laughs) I hope the hand's okay now, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It works. Yeah. I can hold more two chainsaws. (laughs) Do you have a background in like uh, in action, you know, uh, doing action scenes? I've done some stunt choreography, um, did some training with, um, God, see, I'm really bad with names. Guy was named Kevin. We did some fight scenes and stuff like that. So I have, I have a, a little bit, yeah, enough to, to make it look like it's real, if you will. So. Right, right. How about uh, direct? You said, you know, it takes a lot of, um, you know, planning out when you blow somebody out. But how about uh, directing the action scenes? What, what is that like, Tim? Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's planning them out because originally I wanted to shoot everything in sound stages and, or this battle scene in sound stages. Um, nobody would rent me a sound stage. We live in Seattle, but at that time, because it was right after Christmas, um, nobody would rent me a sound stage. And so I happened upon this place called the Fremont Foundry where we shot it at. And it was awesome. There was so much room and you know, so much room to spread out. Um, and then I had to rewrite the script for the, for the location. Um, but when it comes to the actual scene, you know, I'm always thinking of the story when it comes to an action scene. I just don't want action for action. I need it to drive the story somehow. And so I have it, all the shots already pre-planned in my, in my notebook and everything before we shoot. And I know where the choreography and the camera shots I need to get. Um, and, you know, and you think about it in this, there's not much fighting going on. And if you think about it, there's a lot of swinging and there's a lot of, there's some running up on the balconies. Um, the, the music and the sound effects add to it feeling like more grandiose than it is. But since, you know, there's only a crew of like five or six of us, um, <laughs> We don't have a big crew that you got to be. I like to be very careful when it comes to this kind of stuff, because even though the chainsaw is fake and the pickaxe is fake and the guns are fake, there's still people running around and people can get hurt. And we're making a movie here. We're not carrying cancer. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, and when we started that that part of the movie, I just brought Joe and Isha together early in the morning and I walked them through what the entire scene was going to be. And then I, I broke it down in pieces. So we're going to shoot you guys like swinging at each other first. Then we're going to shoot you guys going back to the power station. Then we're going to shoot the pickaxe going it. So they were, I, I broke, I broke like that whole scene up in pieces. So it was easier for everybody to digest what they were doing. It's better when you, the actors know why they're doing something rather than we're just going to shoot this, just do this. And they're like, okay, I don't know why we're shooting this, but okay. <laughs> you, <know? clears throat> uh, you said you guys in Seattle. Is there a, like a big film community in Seattle? Do they make a lot of stuff there? 
Not as busy as it used to be. There, there's definitely, we do have a hub here. And uh, I know we just now opened up a sound stage over on Har- uh, Harbor Island, Harbor Island, over in West Seattle. I haven't even been over there yet, but I know there's been a large push to kind of bring back the film industry in this area. Because right now they're going up to, to, to Vancouver, BC, which is north, or they're going down to Portland, Oregon, which is south. So we're kind of in the middle of it. But I know there's always been a drive to push it back. We have a lot of people who will start in Seattle and then head down to LA. So it's, it's, it's a growing hub as usual. Uh, are you guys going to be at uh, Shriekfest? I am. Sure. I'll be there with my wife and my daughter. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Have you seen Nemesis with a crowd yet? With an audience? I haven't. No. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. We'll see if they boo me out of the audience or not. I <laughs> <laughs> hope it goes oh well. And you don't re-break your hand if you've got a fight. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I think it, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun to see. Um, I've never, I've been to a couple film festivals, but I don't think I've ever, you know, they were just like the 48 hour stuff, the short little ones. I don't think I've ever sat through something like what Tim has presented and uh, so it'll be exciting to see the response or, you know, any, any kind of, I guess, uh, reaction, emotional reaction, if there is one, you know, so it'll be exciting. Yeah, that'll be very fun. And uh, how did, did COVID impact Nemesis or, or you guys work on other things? <laughs> well, it was interesting. We had, uh, I had a, you know, a premiere party like two days before everything shut down in 2020. Like it it just got finished like a few days before COVID struck. And so, um, yeah, it's, so it didn't have an impact, thank God. But we usually shoot in January or February, these short films, but this is the one we decided to shoot in December because I just kind of wanted to do it. And I'm kind of happy we did do it in December (laughs) because I mean, we didn't know what was coming, right? <laughs> well, my daughter was coming. We knew that. Well, yeah, yeah, that was the only thing. <laughs> she was born in November, okay. November 2019. So it's kind of, it was, we were like, well, he, I hope he doesn't shoot it in November if he's going to shoot it here, <laughs> you know? So um, I think in the past, Tim's usually aimed around December, January, around that time frame, right? We had yeah. some in February as well. So it, the timing worked out. And uh, how about the uh, after you finish, um, I guess, you know, other festivals. Is this the first festival played it? No, it played a bunch of festivals, didn't it, Nemesis? Yeah, it's it's been at a bunch of online festivals. It's one I think. I have to say that they were mostly virtual then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's won 65 awards so far. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, so, um, it's, I think, I think I, I, I keep losing track. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, I, I was, I was supposed to go to Shriekfest and I can't, and, but I've been before because a previous short film of mine called safe, uh, which Joe was in that one best sci-fi there in 2018. Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Joe's going to have an awesome time. Shriekfest is just a blast. It really is. Is, uh, is safe, uh, can people see that like online or anywhere? Yeah. My YouTube channel, my Vimeo channel, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Rick is up there too, I believe. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Ricochet's up there too. So yeah. Safe came before Ricochet. So. 
Uh, do you guys have plans to uh, to make stuff in the future in the same universe, or, or do you have anything in the in the works? I don't, not yet. No, right. <laughs> it's a weird time right now. But. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, you're aren't you working on something? Oh, I'm just doing. I'm I'm a cinematographer on a, a short film that my wife directed. That's all we're working on. I think we've gotten, <laughs> you know. As filmmakers, when you have a full-time day job and a family and stuff, you kind of fit in your projects. And so we have a list of things that we want to do. But other than that, it's just kind of, you know, weaving through the busy life of work, the pandemic, raising a daughter, a kid. Um, so there's a there's always something. There's always it's always going on in here. Mm-hmm. And it's just really kind of getting the resources. I was working on a film, actually, that now you bring it up, Tim. I just see, I totally forgot about it. Um, I was going to shoot something this year, but because of the pandemic, I'm like, it's probably not a good idea to do that. And I live in Bremerton, Washington. And so I was going to utilize the city to kind of do it. But because of everyone, you know, freaking out about the virus and stuff, I was like, I didn't want to put other people's lives in jeopardy or kind of say, hey, we're going to shoot this. Are you guys up for it? You know, and then just have these, these issues. So I put it off till hopefully next year or the year after we'll see how, how this pandemic rolls out. Yeah. Um, oh, is there any movies or anything particular that made both of you guys want to become, uh, want to make films yourselves? Uh, um, well, mine goes back to the eighties. Um, Director Sam Furzenberg, he, he made a bunch of movies for Canon films in the 80s, uh, like the American Ninja movies and stuff. And he, he was the reason why I wanted to make movies. I know most people will say like Spielberg or Lucas or whatever. I'm not discounting those movies or the filmmakers. I mean, they're awesome. Like, I love the Indiana Jones movies. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think with Sam Furzenberg, it was wow, look at what this guy did for a million dollars. And in the 80s, a million dollars still wasn't a whole lot of money to make a movie on, an action film on. And so, um, you know, if you look at his movies that way, whether you like them or you don't like them at all, it's just, wow, what this guy did with so little money is just amazing, you know? Um, and so, so yeah, that, and that's, that's me growing up. That's who I kind of looked up to. For yourself, Joe. Oh, for me, it's um, I think growing up as a kid, you kind of imagine yourself, you know, in the movie and doing all this action. And I think one of the things, and this is going to sound so nerdy and so crazy, but I'll tell you, when I was a kid, the things that captivated me the most, I loved watching trailers. And this is going to sound totally nerd, but I will say it. In the beginning of each film, you have the production company's logos that would come up. This is the designer part of me. And that always mesmerized me for whatever reason. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to have a production company and do that. And so um, just this last year, my wife and I, we came out with the Downing Duo production company. And so we've been working on that and uh, other, you know, it's, it's kind of the industry where you have you have your, your casting directors and you have your films and all this other stuff. And I don't, I still don't even have an agent. I don't have an agent. So um, I kind of thought, and the only reason is because I work and, you know, agencies always want you to drop what you're doing. Just go. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that. So 
I think in that aspect, we decided to start just making our own content. It was like, you know, we can do some things we, you know, and now technology, the iPhone shoots really well. And I think they just announced some kind of FOCA breathing focus thing that they just did um, that's coming out. So, and we use the Sony cameras, the cameras, the mirrorless cameras now are amazing. So it's kind of like everything's kind of falling into place. And it's like, don't sit around and just go, hey, Tim, what you doing, Tim? Huh? Tim, what's going on, Tim? What's next, Tim? It's like, okay, Tim's busy. He's got some stuff on his plate. Let's, let's see what else we can do. And let's be creative about it, you know, instead of waiting for other people to call you up, which is not a bad thing. Give me a call. I'm open. <laughs> I'm not calling you anymore, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Got you on speed dial. <laughs> Does a downing duo, do you have a cool uh, graphic then or an opening graphic? I'm working on it. I've been working. It's, my mind's spinning. And I've talked to my wife about a couple of designs. <laughs> and then, um, you know, utilizing what After Effects, which I'm new to, I'm like, oh, how can I make this look cool? Yeah. And then I, I even I'll, asked, I'll help you, Joe. I'll thank help you. you. I even asked Tim. Tim's got his his production company logo, and it's coming. It's like, how'd you do that? And why did you do it? You know. So it's just kind of learning from other people who've done this. So I am a student in all realms. <laughs> uh, Tim, I've been wondering. Well, what's that on your shirt? Because I really like it. Looks like an eight bit. Uh, <laughs> Going crossbones with a with a net rabbit. Yeah, Psycho Bunny. They're a brand. Psychobunny.com. So they got like t-shirts and sweats and shorts. And I've been, you know, it's funny. Just I think two years ago, they started doing retail shops across the US. And I've been buying their stuff online for like 15 years. And now you start to see like sports stars like wearing the Psycho Bunny polo shirts, because they have polo shirts with a little bunny. And uh, yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I just bought I just bought two shirts for Shriek Fest. Oh, uh, nice. Psycho Bunny shirts. Yep. Nice. Very cool. And we're not being paid by Psycho Bunny. Well, he's not. No. Uh, but Let's yeah, I like yeah. get him as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, where can people follow you, both of you, or Nemesis, uh, to see what you guys are up to? Online, uh, not like your homes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, I mean, TimEarnhardt.com or at TimEarnhardt on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube and Vimeo as well. Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo, YouTube. And we got Instagram at Downing Duo. That's the only, you know, I got my own SJ, S. Joe Downing on Instagram. But Downing Duo is probably where all the meat and potatoes are going to be. Right, yeah. Very cool. Oh, and nemesis.film if people want to check out like trailers, behind the scenes, interviews, all that. Nemesis.film. Um, yeah, great place to check everything out. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Well, this has been very fun. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah. So everybody check out Nemesis at Shriekfest and check out your guys' work on uh on, on Tim's Vimeo and YouTube. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. And hopefully yeah. we'll talk again sometime. All right. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, bye. Thank you. I always feel weird. I just have to hang up, but it doesn't save if I don't hang up. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm um, just being rude, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cool. Cool. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Really well, thanks for doing it. it. Yeah. You both thanks for the invite. Yep. I'll have it up in the next day or two. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Cool. Thank you again.
Yeah. Thank well, you. I'm spread them out because I'm doing a bunch of them. So. Are you yeah. going to be at Shriek Fest then? I will not. Uh, my oh, co-host okay. Trista might. She's in L.A. It all depends right. if she's what she if she has a. Uh, she's an actress out there, so sometimes she can make stuff. Sometimes she can't. Oh, cool. Where are you located then? I'm in Massachusetts. Oh wow. Okay. And I actually filmed the movie. That's how I met Trista in L.A. Uh, December of uh, 2019. And so we filmed most of it. It was my first feature. And then it's been on hold ever since because we had to finish a few things, but then COVID. And yeah. So hopefully someday it'll be released. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks. Well, right. It was great meeting you then. Yeah, you as well. All yeah. right. Thanks, Neil. We'll Thanks. talk, Tim. All right. About your next <laughs> film. <laughs> and, and the duo downing. Uh, um, down. Yep. The graphics, yeah, you'll yes. to work on it. <laughs> Downing duo, yeah. <laughs> See it, but from ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. <laughs>